Serbia's attack was suicidal. Max Verstappen, you are a race winner. You like my face? You like it? Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid, the Honda engine upgrade of F1 podcasts, because even we don't know when we're going to turn up. My name is Chris <laughs> Evans and I'm joined as ever by Tom King and Stu Greenwood. Hello. Hi guys. Hi. <laughs> Yet another little Honda McLaren dick. Yeah. Um, so we're here to run through a bit of news, <laughs> preview Canada, make our predictions, all of that business. Uh, Canada traditionally being a circuit where upgrades tend to turn up. Yeah. But maybe not Honda. Uh, Honda boss, you, oh, here we go, Yusuke Hasegawa uh, yes. said it's going to be very tight for them to get their upgrade in time for the Canadian Grand Prix. Um, they, uh, he essentially said that they are working like crazy, but they are confident in the performance upgrade, but they haven't necessarily got the confidence and haven't figured out all the settings and stuff um and there's lots of other little upgrades and development so it's sounding a lot like they're going to delay it and have one big upgrade rather than what they planned for this race and they've not got any clue when it'll come yet have they it seems like that yes um <sighs> the internal combustion engine is the bit they're mostly focusing on uh so far this season they've only been working on engine maps and reliability tweaks uh, and there's, there was an upgrade to the fuel system as well at one point, um, but nothing huge yet. Mm. Um, more bad news, essentially, for McLaren. They need to look at the MGUH, I think, to be honest, because isn't that one of the key bits that keeps failing every race? That's the one that yeah. only lasts, for, only built to yeah. last two races, yeah. Just fix that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just fix that and at least get the car to the end of a race without exactly, it yeah. just do, destroying itself. Do your job and create a Formula 1 engine. That gets to the end that of the works. race. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's especially bad news on the back of Eric Boulier saying that uh, he reckons McLaren have achieved a 95% success rate with aero development mm. so far this year. I was going to say, I thought it was 95% just updates in general, and like, so they've upgraded all the aero, no, 5% left is the engine. Essentially, <laughs> he said it's all the stuff that they've done and not Honda. Yeah. Uh, he said, as the, engineers would, as the engineers would say, as per map, we're very happy, it's the step we want to achieve. The correlation is amazing, we have 95% of what we're expecting. Uh, now we trust our process, it's not only aero, it's also chassis, suspension, everything as per process. Well, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I think I think that Jensen sticking it in ninth and Stoffel being on for tenth until yeah, totally. the wall. Though I know we've covered that, but I think that shows the entire point that they're trying to make, which is the the physical chassis is not a bad car; it's the engine that's letting them down. Yeah, um, which everybody knows that, but I think that result's kind of proof in in just, a sense. It just puts more and more and more pressure on Honda to to give yeah. them an yeah. engine. If do you think if they had, had an engine, then where would they be, would you reckon, now? Well, given um, all this. Well, they've said they believe they now have a car that's capable of being clear of the midfield. Um, they reckon the Toro Rosso creates too much drag uh, on sort of conventional circuits um, and force India Williams, Haas, and Renault are only beating them when they do because of engine performance. Mm. Um, so they seem pretty confident that a better engine in the back of it. And they would be like in Red Bull territory, I guess. Yeah. I, I was just about to say that I think 
they'd probably be knocking on that kind of door. Yeah. Um, maybe racing with Williams and Toro Rosso, some racers knocking on the door maybe of Red Bull for third place behind Mercedes and Ferrari out of the weekends. Yeah, because Red Bull's still kind of just in a league of their own in that weird middle section, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, no man's land. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a shame. It's the whole... 95% thing is impressive though like you hear so much about putting parts on the car and it doesn't correlate with the wind tunnel or the CFD and stuff yeah. and it sounds mm-hmm. like they've got that side of it well, that, that, that's the thing up. that they've had big problems with in the past as well in past seasons the whole you know when yeah. they were in the Mercedes engine the big thing that they struggled with in a lot of, well, part of it was they had a really really stiff setup and the car couldn't go over bumps but at the same time I think they were struggling a lot with correlation which is why they were you'd often see them running with um, the the fluorescent paint stuff on track yeah. Yeah, they got through uh, buckets of that stuff, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, I think is that not one of Red Bull's key problems at the minute this season? That's why they're is, not yeah. catching the top two as they thought they might do after uh, after the updates in Barcelona, because I think they're having issues with things not colorating with the wind tunnel after they've brought them yeah. and actually put them on the car. So I think everybody goes through a phase of that, but. I'd be interested to see where they go in the next few phases of updates with Newey being a little more focused on the car now. Yeah, it, uh, uh, on a wider point, it does it shows you how much of a aero formula this is. Mm. It really and, does, and it makes you think what how close could it be if they sort of removed some of the reliance on aerodynamic performance. But I suppose that's a question for another time. Mm. Let's see what else is going on. Uh, F1 have confirmed that there will be 21 races next season with um, Malaysia leaving and France and Germany returning. Um, But they are looking at having more than 21 races from 2019 onwards. Uh, This was Ross Braun and... Here's a name I don't think I've seen before. F1 marketing chief Sean Bratches. Mm, Doesn't ring a bell. No, I'm guessing he's part of the Liberty Media crew. Yeah, Sean Bratches with his britches... Um, yes they've said they they aim to add more races with a focus on re-establishing the championship in core markets such as Europe uh, as well as pushing in the Americas which sounds sensible to me it also sounds sensible except the more than 21 races thing which I'm not sure how do you guys feel about that racing's racing like you know the more races the more entertainment i get over the course of a year however the need to organize the travel schedule a lot better if they're going to try and fit this many races into a season well they said uh we don't want to have too many back-to-backs we're trying to align these things better by territory the european races american races asian races but it gets difficult in terms of weather and contractual guardrails (laughs) Guardrails. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they've also said that they are keen on keeping the long summer break because they are aware that people that work in F1 and journalists and everyone, you know, would like to be at home for more than four days at a time. Yeah. I don't really see how they can possibly do this many races without doing back to backs and and keep the summer break and I, winter break. I don't think back to backs are such a bad thing when they're closer to when the distance is because what what is wrong with running france monaco spain or, or even the other way sort of spain monaco france spa germany yeah. you know th- there's an easy route there to go back to back of in very quick succession there is and maybe 
maybe do two back to back week off, two back to back week off. And I know there's a lot of pressure on the teams to do that, but they're at, in Europe, it's never been as big of a problem because home's on the doorstep back here yeah, yeah, exactly. for a lot of teams or Ferrari, it's in Italy. The only team that I suppose would struggle to an extent with that would probably be Haas. Mm. Um, but then they've got, they'd have the advantage of having races like the US, Brazil, uh, Montreal, all things like that kind of bunched together at a, a later point in the season. So that's kind of their opportunity yeah. to get that, I think. Yeah. And I feel like... a little bit like even even if they are week by week races, that the problem, I mean, for, from a fan perspective, great, more racing, let's let's watch a race, a race every week. That I'd, I'd love that. But when you think of it from the perspective of people who work for the teams, then if, if you've got a back-to-back every week, that's... If you say you've got like four races in a row, that's well over a month away from your family. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's where they're going to hit the stumbling blocks, I think. And the yeah. crew just like it's just be exhausting. Like, oh yeah, driving to a circuit, setting up on a Thursday, working the whole race weekend, dismantling everything Sunday night, straight on the road to the next race. Like that's just going to yeah take it out of you. <sighs> yeah, be really yeah like <clears throat> things like I mean like Japan and China are opposite ends of the calendar and. America and Canada have got the European season in between them, and stuff like that. Just yeah. See, th- this isn't next smart, is it? This next leap is one of the ones that's always. I'm guessing it is for weather reasons and things like that, but it's always I baffled guess. me because you come over here, you start the European season, and you have Spain and um, Monaco, and then you sort of then jumping back across to Montreal, and then you're coming back. For whatever race, then start restarts the European, like, yeah. But it's it just seems a bit weird to to go all the way over there to come back. It's a big old uh, logistical process, though, isn't it? Because you've got to remember, it's not just Formula One that uses all these tracks either. There's all these other different different series, all all wanting to use. You know, there's only so many there's only so many racetracks to this standard in the world. And a lot, not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them are in quite high demand, and you've got to work around that as well. Yeah, like the, the MotoGP use a good number of the same yeah. tracks, yeah. Um, as do World Endurance and things. So I, I really don't envy the, uh, the 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 team that have to put this jigsaw puzzle together because I know no, I struggle at all. Yeah. Because that's the other thing that they want to eliminate, I think, with the new calendar is trying to eliminate clashes with things yeah. like Le Mans, MotoGP weekends, and and other yeah. high-profile sports like, well, motorsports at least. Anyway, to to allow people like us are a good example. You know, yeah. we we watch a bit of everything, but it's really hard when a race weekend falls and you've got a world endurance thing, you've got a British touring car, you've got world touring car, you've got a Formula One, and it's all on the same weekend. It's it's impossible to watch yeah, all completely. that over the yeah, over sure. the course of a weekend. Uh, uh, just a, just one more point on that. The the other great thing that could come out of it is that it might finally allow drivers to go out and do different events. True. Well, this is what I was about to say. After the success of Alonso in IndyCar, I mean, he did more marketing for F1 in America than has ever happened before, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. doubt we'll see Indy clashing with Monaco for much longer. And same mm. with Le Mans as well. Like, how good would it be to see like four or five F one drivers doing Le Mans? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, well, Hulkenberg's the only one of recent memory that I can think of. Yeah, that went and did decades, it. I think. 
Mm. Do you think there's with with them adding with this onus on adding races to the season and and a bit more probably a bit more emphasis on the USA? Do you think there's any possibility that they might end up doing a speedway race? And and would you be interested in do in seeing them do a speedway race? Um, I don't know. I, I, the cars aren't really geared for it, are they? Would that would that make it even more interesting though? <laughs> Possibly. Could you could you set up an F one car to go around a speedway though? Yeah, I because think so. the Indy the Indy cars are very specifically built for that yeah. purpose, aren't they? I guess. I yeah, suppose it's a tire thing more than anything, isn't it? Because they just rag the tires going around. Those oh, Pirelli yeah. fall apart like butter. But imagine if they because <laughs> you know there's low there's a couple of tracks where they have a specific set set up. Monaco being one of them, Monza yeah. being another one. They do have. It is possible to set up a car. To a particular track, a unique yeah. track. So why not set God, it to a speedway? Dull, would it though? I like, how good was Indy? Indy was awesome. Yeah, but they're all the same chassis. Yeah, I think they're all wear off chassis. very quickly. Yeah, it, it's it's in that series. It's a little bit like when you look at things like Formula Two and things like that, where or Formula E, where there's a generic chassis that's given to the teams. They can tweak certain elements of aero and put whatever engine they want in the back, but then it's quite similar yeah, across yeah. Well, the whole, all yeah, the cars. They do. Have, they have like there's two aero packages. There's the circuit, yeah. circuit um, one and the speedway aero yeah. package, which are mm. both actually really interesting to look at and compare. Yeah, you'd yeah, give me a really nice uh, segue into <clears throat> Le Mans news at one point there, and then you change the subject. So you've. Oh, it. I'm sorry. 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 But anyway, <clears throat> speaking of Le Mans, <laughs> um, the practice for the Le Mans train for has been going on, and Toyota pretty much dominated it. They had the top three positions. Uh, Kobayashi set the fastest time, 3 minute 18.132, which is 1.6 seconds quicker than Porsche's pole time last year. Wow. <clears throat> so they're looking wow. pretty quick. I mean, at a time when... It's been fairly stable regulations for a number of years in LMP1. To suddenly go a second and a half quicker in practice than pole last year is pretty impressive. Yeah, where'd they find that? Yeah, um, that Toyota's damn quick. Mm. Uh, yes, the Toyota's had the top three places. Uh, Porsche were fourth, not too far behind. Um, although Porsche admitted that they, even though they didn't do proper qualifying runs, they don't think they could match that pace. Uh, so it's certainly looking like Toyota are favourites for the race. Although, as we know, last year they led a large chunk of it and then retired with a lap to go. So anything can happen. Mm. Uh, I think them having a third entry this year is almost like giving themselves an insurance policy against something like that happening yeah. again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who can blame them? So close. So yeah, painfully close. Yeah. Absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, yes, yeah, so the, that is on the 17th and 18th of June so we look forward to that and another little bit of Le Mans news uh, obviously Sebastian Bourdais after his massive crash uh, in the Indy 500 well Indy 500 practice uh, won't be there um, so another IndyCar driver is going to be taking his place for Ford which is Tony Canan mm. who I don't think he's ever done Le Mans he's done the uh, Daytona 24 hours before um, also in the Ford GT so yeah that'll be a nice little familiar face yeah, so is he? Oh, he'd be in the Ford GT, will he? He is in the yeah, because uh, oh, Bourdais awesome. won it last year for Ford, so he can't defend yeah. his title, unfortunately. So yeah. the loudest race car in the world. 
yeah, I've it was in, it was that and the Corvette, wasn't it, when we went yeah, to Silverstone? The Americans, insanely <laughs> loud. Yeah, cool though. Maybe the best. I think probably the best looking GT car I've ever seen. If we're yeah, if they're we're awesome. About looks. Oh yeah, four GTs. Yeah, so yeah good. such a hot car. Oh. <laughs> um, over in Formula E world, uh, Esteban Gutierrez, who did the Mexico City E Prix and the Paris E Prix, has now he's done with that. <laughs> he's had enough. He's off to focus on the car for the rest of the year, which I guess you can't blame him for. Um, so his seat at Tachita will be taken by Stefan Sarazan, who I feel like has driven for almost every team on the Formula E grid yeah. by this point. Yeah. He just sort of bounces around wherever the seat's available. Yeah, because um, yeah, he was at Venturi. Yes, he's moving from Venturi to Tachita, and then the Venturi seat is going to be taken by Tom Dillman, who made his debut in Paris last month. Oh, did he do okay in Paris last month, Tom? Dillon? I think he did all right. I'm going to say couldn't he did tell all you right. his finishing positioning right now on on the spot. I vaguely remember thinking, "Good job, you did all right," but I might be completely wrong there. I hear some typing, so someone's checking it. That's Stu <laughs> furiously typing into thing. Oh, oh, eighth, hmm. eighth eight for Venturi. There we go. I was right then. He did all right. Um, he's so. French. Really? <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Of course. Yeah. Home race. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad we cleared that. <laughs> well, he, ra- he raced in GP2 and stuff before now. Yes, of course. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I've not had chance to watch on a Gutierrez point. I have got the IndyCar races from Detroit to watch, and I know he's there. <laughs> I heard his name. I've just not had a chance to watch them, so I can't, unfortunately, at this moment, report where he finished in either race because I'm trying not to spoil the results because I want to watch it, so don't say anything. Don't yeah. Google it. Keep it keep it dumb. <laughs> so, just on, a, just on a little side note, did anyone see the stuff kicking off between the IndyCar drivers and Hamilton I over did, the last yes. couple of days? Yeah. I, I sort of deliberately didn't read it because I don't like it when he makes a prat of himself. I'm worried he may have. <laughs> He may have. He, he was, in summary, the shortest without giving it too much of a headline is Lewis Hamilton said IndyCar can't be that hard if Alonso's qualifying fifth. Ooh! So then the IndyCar, <laughs> so then the IndyCar drivers hit back and said, "Yeah, but you just finished second in a two-car season, mate." <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, that was Tony Canan. That's a deep burn. <laughs> and and Hinchcliffe also said something along the lines of. Your entire F1 career is basically being a two to four car season every year. Uh, you'd never get that in IndyCar. So, I mean, he's got a well, point. They have they have got valid points on that front. A valid um, point, but they do only have to turn left. Let's remember. Let's not forget. That. <laughs> <laughs> I think that wouldn't surprise me if it was Hamilton's new response to them. <laughs> you know, I would love to see Hamilton do what Alonso's done. I'd love to see him put his money. I'd where be his mouth interested. Is. Yeah, me too. I'd be interested for F1 to start having guest spots similar to what things like, or um, what whatever they kind of refer to them as. Because MotoGP does it, obviously IndyCar does it. Um, yeah. Le Mans twenty four. Yeah, Le Mans twenty four hours. You get guest drivers in Le Mans that aren't in the normal WEC yeah. season. So yeah. it would be interesting to if teams were allowed to start having those and. In somewhere like uh, Circuit of Americas in Texas, how 
how much of a boost would it be to stick Tony Canan in a hat yeah. going around Texas, you know? Yeah, that'd be awesome. And he can put his money where his mouth is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I fear the possibility of that ever happening now is very slim, Having with him yes. having said what he said. He may have burned that bridge. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And imagine the response he'd get as well in the paddock <laughs> when he showed up. I would just be like, hate, most hated on driver in the whole place. <laughs> um, a final bit of Formula E news. Uh, Renault uh, are obviously pumping lots and lots of money into their Formula One team at the moment. Um, and there is rumblings that they may drop out of Formula E to open up some more funding for Formula One and have their place taken over by Nissan because Renault and Nissan are a sort of automotive alliance um, and I think they sort of work their motorsport programs in conjunction with each other and thinking about it, all the big stuff, there's not one that they both exist in, is there? No, there isn't. Um, the, I Also, from an automotive perspective, they both share engines and stuff like that yeah. as well and, and bits of bits of car. From a racing perspective, I didn't realise how closely they were. No, neither did together. I until I read this, to be honest. Um, mm. So there is talk of the Nissan using the Nismo brand uh, that they used at Le Mans a couple of years ago and taking Renault's spot in Formula E. Yeah, which... that'd be really cool. I'd love to see a Nismo it... race car in Formula E. That'd be amazing. This is a, it's a much stronger brand than the yes. Renault brand, I'd say. However, the Formula mm. E Renault might be the best looking car in all of racing and it would be sad to lose that. That would be sad. It would, but Nismo are usually pretty nice looking liveries. True. Yeah, that's true. True. Except for maybe the uh, the Formula, uh, sorry, the Le Mans entry that they, the front wheel drive Le Mans car that they made. Did you see that ever? Uh, yes, it was a great looking car that was really slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to change the world. We're going to change the yeah. world of Formula of of World Endurance Championship. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Ah, uh, we're plumb last. <laughs> yeah, it was like front engine, front wheel drive, wasn't it? It's like, oh wow, I wonder why no one's done that before. And then it raced. Yeah. Oh, that's why. It's... Although they did invent the Delta Wing. Did you ever see the Delta Wing? No, the Delta Wing was a cool car. Yeah, that was a really cool car. It's a shame that never went anywhere else. Really, I'd, I'd yeah. totally watch a Delta Wing series yeah they try i think they tried to start a delta wing series I think so, but yeah. it just didn't really i don't well i don't know what it's doing now but did, really did the out. delta wing race at le mans yes it did it yeah did. it was yeah. the what they call it garage oh i know this uh hang on 51 is it 51 or 52 56 56 so close <laughs> Yes, it was the Le Mans Garage 56 entry, which is like the experimental car. Yeah, because or... to me, I, I do remember it. And was, did it, didn't it have some kind of tie to Aston Martin at some point? I'm not sure. Oh, I don't know. No, it just it reminded me, as the, as soon as I saw it, it immediately reminded me of like land speed record cars yeah. the first time I saw it. Yeah. It was like the Batmobile. My, oh, the Batmobile. <laughs> yeah. My overriding memory of it, I can't remember which driver it was. It was a Japanese driver, I can't remember which one. Um some it was overtaking something, I think, and it got punched in the side and spun off. Uh and it was right against the sort of chain link fence just where the fans were. And they couldn't get get the car moving again. So the mechanics went round to that bit of the fence and they were passing tools through the chain link fence to this driver so he could try and fix it enough to get it back round to the pits. 
um, and he was there for maybe 20 minutes, half an hour, trying to get this car fixed. And then he, the guy finally came, gave up and just, like, collapsed and cried next to the side of the track. And all the mechanics were just, like, stood on the other side of the fence. There was nothing they could do about it. Was was that Mot- Motoyama was his name? I can't remember if that's right can't or not. I can't remember. That's the only. That's one of the only Japanese names I can remember for some reason from that sort of era. There was a there was a pretty epic crash of a Delta Wing once. It actually might have even been that exact crash, where um, the, the, it was punted from the side by another by a GT car, and um, it it's, oh, it just like rears up on one side. Oh no, I know that. Anywhere. That was at. I think it was a Road America, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I think I think it was. I get the yeah. idea. It was a GC race at Road America. Yeah, I know exactly the one you mean. That Road Atlanta. Was... Road Atlanta. Road Atlanta. Road sorry, yeah. Um, but we should post a, a link to that to that on the end of this because it's a yeah, it's we'll a, find that. It's an absolute crazy one. It can be the episode picture, the Delta Wing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> somehow Canadian Grand Prix preview. Here's a Lamont car from four years ago. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's like a five-year-old Lamont car that was crazy. Mm. Uh, I've ruined <laughs> I've ruined another segue for myself. <laughs> but via Renault going back to Formula One, there's been rumblings all week that they are trying to get Sergio Perez's uh, services for next season. Mm. Um, allegedly, they're already in talks. Um to get him in to replace Jolie and Palmer for next season. Uh, and depending who you read, possibly even trying to get him in to replace Jolie and Palmer before the end of this season. Um, which I did say, I think it was last week, that as soon as a team says they're fully <laughs> behind a driver, that probably means they're not going to be around much longer. Yep. Uh, which, if it does happen, it would um, reunite the Perez Hulkenberg partnership. Which mm. uh, has got a pretty decent set of results over the years. It's a racing yeah, bromance. Force India. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's another interesting one. It's, I guess, it's the same thing when Hulkenberg made that move, isn't it? It's is Perez getting the most he's ever going to get at Force India? Are the Force thing, India ever going to be better than they are now? The thing is, when he went to McLaren. It was too soon for him. He wasn't yeah. ready for that kind of step. And obviously, I know they're not a factory team, but at, at the time when they were running the Mercedes engine, they might as well have been a factory team because they were yeah. they were the lead Mercedes car, so it was getting all the investment from a Mercedes standpoint. Um, now he's definitely matured a lot more. He's, he's improved as a driver, and I think he'd, he'd have a better shot at being a... Um, a factory team driver, yeah, I think so. but would he shoot himself in the foot? Because is something like Raikkonen seat going to come up well, in, this the, is exactly in the winter? I think hanging over the whole driver market. There's always like one driver hanging over the whole market, isn't there? And this year, it's definitely whether Raikkonen stays or not next year. Cause... Yeah, and there's there's already talk of um, Carlos Sainz Junior moving into Raikkonen seat for next season. Yeah, but I think a lot of teams would be silly to overlook Perez and I think that a lot of teams in the past have been silly to overlook Hulkenberg well Ferrari Ferrari traditionally take older more experienced drivers don't they and I don't think they would go for I think they'd definitely go for Perez over a signs yeah I think so I mean they definitely want Giovinazzi in that car one day but they're obviously going to give him a few years in a pass or something he needs it (laughs) yes I think he does (laughs) unfortunately yes um, 
But yeah, it'll be interesting if that shakes out. It, none of it looks good for Jolian Palmer. I think no. we can safely say he won't be around next year unless something... Unless um, someone pulls Rosberg and just destroys the whole driver market with no warning. I don't think yeah. we can see him around next year, unfortunately. Mm, I agree with that. Unless he books his ideas so off the rest of the yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, but... there's, there's, it's a long old season. We're only five races in. Yep. Um, Six. Six, sorry, six races in. <laughs> Awkward. We're, we are a, we are a Formula One podcast. Um, yeah, six races. In. So what? And it's a how many we got this season? Nineteen. Twenty, isn't it? Twenty in total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got loads of time left. As long as they don't sack him, but he's gonna. I think he needs what he needs is a really, really good race in Canada to keep his yes he does. grip on his seat. And I think if he doesn't have a good race in Canada, then he might. Uh, he might be in a bit of a pickle. Um, someone else who's potentially in the frame. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, well, today, as you're listening to this, or maybe yesterday, as you're listening to this, it depends when you listen to it. Um, <laughs> Robert Kubica is going to be getting in a Formula One car. Uh, mm. he, uh, he's driving a 2012 spec Lotus, which is what Renault uses their on their show cars these days. Um, yeah, and it's going to be the first time he's been in an F1 car since the weekend before that rally crash that uh, gave him that horrible arm injury. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done a bunch of their sort of open wheel driving this year. He's done some GP3 stuff. He did a Formula E test. Uh, he's done some LMP2 as well. Yeah. Uh, he was actually supposed to be driving LMP1 this year, but it kind of fell through. Uh at the last minute uh, but yeah he's going to be back in a Formula 1 car which is I mean it's brilliant it'll be it's great exciting. to see him back in a car it's extremely good progress isn't it from the standpoint of his injury yeah it'll be interesting to see how he does obviously the kind of mm. arm strength has always been the thing that's kept him mm. out of cars like this the only thing is I don't think I know there's speculation of if anything will come of this but Here's my standpoint straight away on why I don't think it would. Sorokin, yeah, Ollie Rowland, and um, Nicholas Latifi are three young drivers that Renault are bringing through in different ways. You've got Sorokin, who's raced in GP2 for a couple of years and is going to be doing LMP2 this season at uh, Le Mans. You've got Roland, who's doing well in um, F2 itself, just won at Monaco's feature race in F2. And then you've got um, Nicholas Latifi, who's also doing decent in F2. I think he's the youngest of the three of them, and Roland's the oldest of the three of them. But they're all Renault-endorsed, and to me, they're all on the projection course that Palmer's had, which is and Sorotkin's already the test driver, so if anything, he's the next person in that car. Well, Sorotkin is going to be driving the same car at the same test as uh, Kubica. Yes, yes, Le- he is. Yeah, Latifi drove it quite recently as well, so there's a couple of yeah. yardsticks there for him to sort of be measured against. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be amazing to see him back. I don't think it's ever going to happen. No, I, I, I sadly I agree. But how cool would it be to? I mean, to me, he's one of those. He's he's a David Coulthard. He's one of those great drivers that never won a championship. And and oh, sadly, yeah. never really. His closest closest opportunity was in the BMW. I think in two thousand and eight, and they put yeah. everything into the next year into two thousand nine car. That was an absolute. 
there was a lot of talk of him heading towards a Ferrari seat at one point though as well yeah, when I think b- before been. his injury and I think if one of those kind of teams had given him a chance he would have been a definite contender for a title he was a, he was a good driver yeah. I, um, I imagine if he'd still been around he Raikkonen wouldn't have got his second stint at Ferrari I think possibly yeah been no. in that car for the last few years um, I think we've got an opportunity here to play our favourite jingle Ooh. Let me just move my mouse into the correct position. Then. <laughs> yes. By some margin. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to remember the song says they. Are we speci- talking specifically just Robert Kiwika? Yes, and yes, he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, at his best, I think he's still better than most of the current F1 grid. Yeah, maybe we should change the jingle to "Are they better than Robert Kubica?" Because he's a better yardstick. No, because then the answer will always be no. Yeah, that, that is true. That is true. There aren't many people above him. <laughs> well, again, are you talking about him now or at his prime? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want like to say it's. It's a very nice idea, but it's probably never going to happen. Yeah. But it's super cool that he's getting to do it. It's amazing that he's got this opportunity to drive a yeah. Formula One car again. He probably it thought is. he was probably sat in that hospital bed thinking, That's it, I have done it. That's my last that's my last time I'm ever gonna get to drive one of those cars now. Yeah. But absolutely. here he is. So it's, it's a great story. I mean, the, the I think the one potential sniff at it would be if Palmer got even worse and they actually got rid of him. <laughs> they might just draft him in for like the last few races of this season, oh, just as a nice amazing. bit of, just a little like good bit of PR, if nothing else. And then we could change our jingle to "Are they better than Joel and Palmer?" Which would be even more. <laughs> then the answer would generally always be yes. Oh. <laughs> it Sadly. would though, wouldn't it? If you get kicked out halfway through a season, I don't remember yeah. the last time that happened. Um, the closest is Thingy's downgrade, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, Kvyat. Kvyat. Yes. Yeah. At least he had somewhere to go. Yeah. Um, oh, who, there's been a couple of drivers down the lower end of the grid got kicked out in recent years, but that's been more money-based, more, more than anything, I think. Yeah. Um, like Rio Harianto got the shunt, didn't he? Yeah. Or was it the other way around? Did Rio Harianto come in for somebody else that got the boot? I can never remember. But there's, there's so many drivers changed down the bottom end of that grid at the Manor, Caterham and Hespania Racing or whatever they call themselves at the time. Hmm. Um, I remember when I think Felipe Massa had his uh, head injury. I was Luca, about to say that. Luca Badoa came and, uh, and yes. took his, oh, wow, his seat. Yeah. And, I just uh, he was that up. promptly um, replaced by Giancarlo Fisichella. Yeah. He did two races, I believe. Um, so his last F1 drive before that was in 1999, so a full 10 years before, <laughs> where he qualified last and retired. Yeah. Um, Why so he raced in Valencia, where he came... In his first practice session, he was last three seconds off Rubens Barrichello's pace, two and a half seconds down on teammate Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, he was... He qualified 20th and last for the race, half, uh, one and a half seconds slower than Algashwari into Hororoso. Ooh. He was caught speeding in the pit lane four times during Friday practice. Oh, <laughs> oh no. His excuse being, I'm used to 100 kilometers an hour speed limit in testing, 
So when I pressed the button, he did not give the car enough time to slow down to the right speed. Oh. Okay. You got one job. I'm going to try that one next time I'm yeah. on uh, F1 2016 and I go too yeah. fast. Yeah. <laughs> next, time, next time I get a letter in the post. I'd, I'd... <laughs> yeah. Sorry, officer, I pressed the button, but I was already going too fast for it to slow me down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so he finished 17th at Valencia, 14th in Belgium. Um, and then Fisichella took his place. <laughs> Uh, who Good also times. failed to score any points so all in all a bad year for Ferrari yeah but a dream year for Giancarlo Fisichella who finally got an Italian finally got to drive a Ferrari yep uh, and he did one two three four five races and then retired so because yeah. that Maybe. was the season where he nearly won the Belgian Grand Prix for Force India wasn't it yeah and he came second didn't he he after did yeah a Ferrari yeah. was it after Raikkonen Yep, Raikkonen. Uh, Raikkonen was behind him the whole race and there was a safety car restart and that was the only way he managed to overtake him. Yeah, And that yep. still is, Force India, I think that's Force India's highest finish today. It is, it yes. Yeah. yeah. There we go. We are, we're doing well today. <laughs> we are. Pulling out all there. Yeah. It was... Um... God, yeah, what a bizarre qualifying as well for that race. Fisichella, Truly, Heidfeld, Barrichello, Kubica was the top five in qualifying. It must have been raining. Wow. <laughs> I love how that's how you justify yeah, it. Yeah. It, it must have been, been raining. raining for it to have been that, that driver up front. <laughs> anyway, we've gone off on a wild tangent. Yeah, that is a, that's that's probably the biggest tangent for a while, that one. At least that tangent was F1 related. Yeah, there is true. a bonus <laughs> to be had there. It makes a change, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but it's not 2009, it's 2017, and it is nearly the Canadian Grand Prix. So... Mm. We should do some predictions. Oh no! <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, I'm 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 all right with it because I closed the gap slightly last week to uh, to Tom. Yeah, but we shall see. Gained half so, a yes, point. The Canadian Grand Prix. Who would like to start us with the guessing for pole position? Um, I I don't think I've gone first first for a while, so I think I'll I'll have a little blast. Um, I am going to say. Hamilton for pole. I'm going to be boring as and well, once again say Hamilton. Who's next? Interesting. Uh, um, I'll go next, unless, I guess. I was going to say, unless you want to, I'll happily go next. Um, I'm going to say Hamilton as well. Oh, wrong one. I've put that in, uh, put in <laughs> Tom's and not Chris's. I'm preempting what Tom's going to say. Sorry about that. Yeah, and I'm not saying ham. Ooh. I'm, Ooh. I'm saying bot. Bot interesting. Mm. He runs well round Canada, as he does, does Hamilton. Yeah. He does. The pair of them run well round there. Um right, winner. I'll go first this time. And I think I'm going Vettel again. Ooh. Ooh. The old ham vet. Ham vet. Well, I'm going for a bot ham. So oh. I'm gonna say ha- Hamilton will take the win of the race. Uh, I'm going to go Hamilton for the win as well. I think he's going to get a uh, clean sweep. Nice. Interesting. Interesting. First retirement. Uh, Just for a point of interest, last year's first retirement was Jensen Button, followed by Jolien Palmer and Felipe Massa. Uh. Hmm. Tom, do you want to go first on this one, mate? Um, Not really. (laughs) um, 
if the engine upgrades aren't coming, Stoffel Van Dorn. Oh dear. Let's hope that they are. Not only so that we can reel Tom in a little bit, but also so that Hamilton. <laughs> uh, it's it's more one of those where you, from memory, there's not a huge number of race-ending first lap incidents around there, is there? That's no, quite a lot of space. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone seems to give each other a bit of room. Yeah. So I think the first thing might be something like that, like a mechanical. Yeah. We got that big left hander that goes out. Like there's a field to the right of it. So if you're gonna go off, you're just gonna go into a field and get back on the track. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first retirement for me. Um, I am going to say uh, I'm going to go mechanical failure for. Um, I think one of the horses. So I'm going to say Gutierrez. Interesting. Ooh, well, I was thinking um, Grosjean. Grosjean. And I'm going to call brake failure as well. I don't. I'd also just point out, Stu, Gutierrez isn't in a Haas this year. He's not, is he? What an idiot. Oh. No, he's he's IndyCar, so... Yeah. <laughs> Who you what are thinking, thinking of about. I'm thinking is... of the other one. <laughs> Magnussen. Magnussen, that's what I'm thinking of. Kevin Magnussen. <laughs> wow, we all struggled with that, didn't we? <laughs> oh, honestly. Like, I got, was we're, fine. We're, <laughs> you, you're on a Formula One pa- podcast. Learn the drivers, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> um... Number of finishes. Last year it was 19, albeit on a car, on a grid with two more cars. Yeah. So we're looking so at 17. Uh, who's turning to go first? I think it's me, isn't it? You, you are Stu. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go 16, I think. 16. Yeah, 16. 16 finishes. Uh, I will say. Uh, I'm going to go 15, just to be different. I'm going to be a little more optimistic than you both and say 17. Yeah, I thought you might do that. <laughs> um, and a random driver. I who, will. Yeah. That is Generate. Me. Okay, I've made a mess of that already. There we go. That's what I want to do. Generate. Our random driver is Marcus Ericsson. Marcus Oof. Ericsson. <laughs> yeah, that's the reaction I had as well. Ugh. Um, was he racing last year? He was, and he yeah. came fifteenth. Mm, I, it's in the Sauber. That's yeah, that's his main yeah. problem. Um, fourteenth, fourteenth. Um, I am gonna go Ericsson, Ericsson, Ericsson. In a Sauber, isn't he? Um. I'm going to go 15th. I am so, less optimistic and I'm going to say 17th. 17th. What's interesting right there is you've gone for 16 finishes, but Ericsson is 17th, which would make him the last of your retirements. Yes. If you get both those, as in <laughs> three cars retire, then Marcus Ericsson retires... And it, he is the last one. That would be an amazing outcome for you. I can only hope. Mm. What I hope now is that he finishes 17th and the 17th finishes. Thanks. So that at least I get a point. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you'll get the point for his position and I'll get the yeah. point for the finishes. <laughs> you know, every week when we do this, it makes me so much more excited for the race. There's <laughs> <laughs> a whole extra layer going on. Yeah, yeah. It's like putting yeah. a bet on. 
It is, is a little bit. But with less to win. Actually, we say less to win. Ah. Um, well, less to win for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's what we think, but tell us what you think. Uh, you can join in with the Predictions League. Uh, send us who you think is going to be on poll, your winner, first retirement, number of finishes, and where Marcus Ericsson is going to finish. Uh, you can send us them on Twitter, at Back of the Grid. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Back of the Grid. We're on Instagram at Back of the Grid. Um, and back to get back of the grid.com I can speak um, <laughs> where you can leave a comment on the uh, predictions update that Tom has put up there uh, yeah. or you can send them to any of us or whatever you want uh, and we actually have a prize now as well for the winner are we going to say what the prize is yet? well we haven't quite finalised exactly what it'll be yet part of it's kind of yeah. in existence <laughs> is, it, is it <laughs> that's ha- the right word is it a hamper? <laughs> Um, it's not have, a hamper. We definitely have something for the winner. Um, we could maybe try and get something for the person who does best uh, as a latecomer as well, because obviously a few guys have got a head start now. But uh, join, yeah, we join could, in and you'll still be eligible for something. We could try and maybe do the best overall score and then maybe a little bit of a something for the best average score for yeah, the people that do like that. join in later. Yeah, just yeah, to give yeah. it a slightly less surprise. So if, you do, so if at this point you're thinking, well, there's already six races down... Fret not, because someone like Ika <laughs> has only been doing it two weeks, and she's already only two points off Stu. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Kelsall's only been doing it three weeks, and he's a point and a half off Stu. So yeah, I've had <laughs> it's a, possible. A, I, I'm having the most Joyland Palmer of runs at this thing. <laughs> Anyone could. Uh, yes, yeah, um, so join in. Send us your stuff. You might win a prize. You'll probably beat us. Everyone will be happy. Mm. And I think that is it for this week. So you can find me on Twitter at TNM Chris. You can find Tom at TomKing89. You can find Stu at Stu underscore PX. Uh, if you listen on iTunes, drop us a rating and a review and all that sort of stuff or wherever your podcast listening device of choice is. Yeah, be kind. Say some nice things about us. Um, yeah, be, be truthful, but kind. Yeah. Constructive feedback. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> And that is a lot. So thank you for listening. And we will be back after the Canadian Grand Prix. Indeed we shall. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Oh, I need to click the music, don't I? That, that <laughs> helps. <Smooth>. Do that. <laughs> <laughs>